What we want to do is make sure health is on the agenda. The thing about a third level institution is that there's so many priorities. You know, there's education, there's research, and everybody's doing a different project and everybody thinks their project is super important, and it is super important. But what we're trying to do is bring all the health people together to make sure that health gets the status it deserves. Hello and welcome to another episode of the HSE Talking Health and Wellbeing podcast. In this episode, we're talking about what's going on in the third level education sector with health and wellbeing and what we refer to as healthy campus. Now, as always, we hope you find this episode interesting. And if you do, please help us spread the word by sharing it with at least one other colleague, friend or family member. My name is Fergal Fox, and today I'm talking to Martina Mullen and Dr. Teresa Hurley. Martina is working in Trinity College, Dublin, and Teresa is working in TU Dublin. Hello, guys. Hello, how are you? So before we get into it all, let's talk about this kind of sector and setting we're talking about, the higher education institutions. What kind of institutions are you talking about? Tell us a little bit about TU Dublin, first of all. Well, TU Dublin is the merger of what we would have known as the old DITs, Dublin Institute of Technology, and there were a whole host of those across Dublin City. So we have all amalgamated now along with Blanchardstown and Tala. So we now form TU Dublin since 2018. And we've just relocated some of those city centre campuses to the Grange Gorman campus here. Yeah, I saw that I just passed the Grange Gorman site today and I saw your name on the way in there. That's a beautiful new campus. Absolutely. Yeah, we have about over 10,000 students there at the moment. And we have the new academic library just being currently built. And then the West Quad, which is going to house Angel Street, hopefully starting in the near future as well. So it's a very exciting project. And by the end of it, we'll have all of the old DIT locations across the city centre located on the Grange Gorman campus. So it's a very exciting project for that part of the city. And it's really rejuvenated part of uh, Cabra West, which is West Dublin. So we're delighted to have that as our home now. And it's very much centrally located with the Lewis lines running alongside it as yeah. well. So it's great. And Martina, Trinity is Trinity, but Trinity isn't just that city centre site that everybody would be familiar with. No, yeah, we've a distributed campus as well. So we've James's, we've Tala. We even have an office in Belfast. So no, Trinity has multiple campuses. And of course, we have our residences as well. So we have residences at the top of Rathmines. We're also developing a new campus down the far end of Pierce Street. So yeah, we're multi-site as well. And obviously the higher education institutions involve loads of different, smaller examples of colleges and universities across the country that are engaging in this healthy campus work. Isn't that fair? Yes, very much so. And it was recently just taken over by the HEA. So we're delighted that that has actually happened. I think it gives a real emphasis to what we're trying to do and importance to the work that's been carried out by Healthy Campus, particularly the appointment of the national coordinator, Caroline Mann, who's doing a great job with the Healthy Campus from a national perspective. And again, we all have nominees as part of the networking group. And that's a great resource, I think, for all of us. I think Martina will agree with me there. It's real lessons learned and a real sharing and collaborative approach that we use to sharing what we're doing, why we're doing it and how we're going about progressing healthy campus work. Yeah, from my perspective, I suppose, looking at it over the years, the last few years have been critical time. I know my own colleagues in HSE Health and Wellbeing have helped develop the Healthy Campus Charter with Healthy Ireland, the department and the higher education institutions in partnership around that charter seems to be a key enabler. But because the kind of increase in investment and that coordination role has gone in now, it's much more normalizing or we're seeing healthy campus work kind of move at scale, are we? 
Yeah, world first for the healthy campus for a third level to have a health promotion imperative from the higher education authority. So it's made a huge difference to us. Trinity is a research and education institution. And of course, everybody's interested in health and everybody, we take our duty of care very seriously. But to have that push from the HEA is really, really exciting to see that type of support coming and to get that networking opportunity just makes your role when you go back into your institution, whether it's a bigger institution like TU Dublin or Trinity or in the smaller post-secondary to have that network and that support has made a big difference. So when you look at the higher education sector and you see all these floods of students coming into the sector now, and I know we're recording this interview just at a time when that new college year is going to be starting over the next month or two and loads of new first years are coming into that space. You know, you mentioned the duty of care. Like, How do you look at those newbies coming in in terms of the, the college's responsibility or, you know, to try and retain and support those young people? Yeah, I think the orientation process that we take and guide students through is particularly important. So we'd be starting rolling that out over the next couple of weeks with the incoming first years. And as part of that, there's a real focus on the health and welfare of the students. And it's about that student engagement, which in turn enhances the success of the student and the student's success as part of that HEA framework and the Healthy Campus framework that we've referred to earlier on. So, you know, I think across the board, there'll be a lot of higher education institutions which will be running various different programs on health, safety, welfare of students, from sexual health to counselling to suicide prevention to mental health in particular. There's a great focus on that and physical activity and getting students engaged in those clubs and societies. Because remember, we're still seeing the after effect and the legacy of COVID as well, where we're trying to get students engaged, not just in their studies, but also beyond that in the extracurricular activities that we have available to them. So we have over 100 clubs and societies in TU Dublin that students can participate in. So after the orientation, we have two weeks of clubs and socks. So that's the clubs and societies where students can go along and try out some of the activities that clubs and societies have on offer and they can, you know, gauge whether they're interested. Real, real in opportunities to integrate into Absolutely. other groups. and yeah. yeah, and that's what college life should be about. It's not just about the study. It's also about engaging with their peer groups. We have peer mentoring programs as well, which are, are very good for students finding that maybe the third level transitioning is bit difficult for them in that space. Maybe it's a larger setting than they're used to from the secondary level education. So the peer mentoring actually provides a little bit of support for them in nurturing them into that new environment. You use second years and third years? Second years and third years. Yeah, the chaplains actually organise that within TU Dublin and they do a fantastic job. So a big shout out there to Joseph Loftus, who's very hands on from the, the peer mentoring perspective. And we also have Jigsaw from the mental health perspective to do some of the training for us in that peer mentoring group. So we've kind of put our hands up for the piloting of that system. So hopefully we'll be able to get on board for that this year. So it's definitely not like you got the third level and sink or swim. There's an active support system in place and the healthy campus is an element of that, I guess. Yeah, well, what the Healthy Campus is in Trinity anyway, is a bringing together of all the people who are trying to support students. Okay. Orientation is fabulous. I don't know if you're, anyone's passing Trinity next week, come in and see our Front Square and Freshers Week. All the clubs and societies are out. They don't allow staff onto Front Square. It belongs to the students. They all have their stands out. There's karate, there's chess, there's astrophysics. So they're all out. They're great crack. There's games. Yeah, no, I, I remember I spent a year in Trinity and they really, 
It's really buzzy. They really, really sell fun. themselves. All the people on those stands are like, yeah. uh, you know, they become salespeople for that. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, but I mean, everybody joined a society yeah. in the first week of college that they never, ever, I think they're just getting money out of us all, actually. <laughs> everybody joins a society thinking, oh, yeah, I, I should have, I should have thought of horse riding. Why didn't I think of this before now? We had a campaign one year about join a ridiculous society. So you're new to college. So do something that your friends in secondary school would just never have expected you to do. So we do that at orientation with them. So it's just a really buzzy and it, it's an exciting time. And like Teresa said, you've got to get the students into the sports clubs and into the societies then, because what's coming is week 12. And week 12 is the opposite. Week 12 is when, oh God, where, where's the library? And you see them, you know, they've done no work all term. And so what they'll need then is social supports from their friends. That's the first point. We want them to be in a club or a society. So they're getting that type of support. The next form of support we would hope would be their student to student mentors. So you'd have every first year be associated with second years that they'd have a mentor for that. You'd hope then they're also in clubs and societies. And then as things are getting harder for them, they might hopefully have had to go to our student learning and development. And of course, they'll all have done a time management course with our student learning development, we'd hope. And then they start as things get harder for them, they might need to go and see their tutor. And then they might, you know, come into the student counselling service. There's a number of online services in the student counselling service. And then they might actually need to see a counsellor. And then they might actually need to see a GP who may need to refer them to psychiatry. So it's that spectrum of mental health. Everything is great in week one, but it's how do we make sure they're okay in week 12 and when they haven't done a tap all term, like, well, I, I may be speaking from personal experience, but. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I know, know what you mean. I know what you mean. You're trying to support everyone, recognizing that there'll be an acute end of, I suppose, support needed for a few, but you want to support absolutely everybody. And let's go back to the Healthy Campus Charter, not just that first year piece, like you, you said it there, you're trying to bring all the supports together, but it, the Healthy Campus is a process. It's not just an action. Yeah, and I guess it's a really good process for allowing for a collaborative approach to getting the best of mental health supports for students, of physical activity supports for students, and it covers a broad range of activities. So I would work alongside the chaplains, the counsellors, the doctors, the GPs in TU Dublin that provide support for students in trouble. We have sexual health awareness programmes. We have the sustainability unit that we do different challenges around sustainability as part of that orientation. So, again, it's a very much a collaborative process. So the working group that is connected with the Healthy Campus is a very broad working group that has academic professional services staff. It has counsellors. It has the sexual health awareness people, the nurses, the GPs. So it's a very broad group. Taking a whole system approach to your Absolutely, setting, yeah. And with the student in mind. Yeah. And then we run promotions which are collaborative in nature. So we might have maybe mental health seminars for students combined with maybe a physical activity program being offered by the gym where they'd have maybe free access to the gym for the week, free gym classes, exercise, just something to get them engaged with and to get them physically active. And then we might have maybe a sexual health program running alongside that as well. So we do run collaborative and we have a collaborative approach to running some of the events that we host, not just for the students, but also for the staff, because the workplace is about health and well-being also. Yeah, like I'm reminded of that process piece. We had Biddy O'Neill in on an earlier podcast on healthy workplaces and it was the process, the process, the process, like, you know, the culture. And you're talking about the setting as a workplace. You know, if I'm not feeling it, I can't be doing it for anyone else. Like we were mentioning earlier on, this isn't about the students, it's about the staff as well. And as you said, it's a healthy workplace as a healthy campus. If I'm working there, I've got an admin role or I've got a teaching role in the college. 
What does that look like? What opportunities do I get to play ball with this? Well, you can get involved. And if I could find a job for you, I immediately would. But you also might just want to attend. Like we've loads of programs. We have our connection challenges. We have groups who are the crafters lunches. We have walking and running groups on campus. We have our smarter travel challenges, which we run with the NTA. And they're actually great crack because that's teams of people competing against each other for walking and cycling. You have menopause cafes. They're not staff specific or are they staff? They're staff and students. The NTA run an excellent behavior change program under the Smart Travel Campus. And so we participate in that. We also have workplace in our curriculum. So we have a full workplace module where workplace well-being in our business school. Yeah, so we've loads going on. Great. Yeah, in the springtime, we'll have an opportunity to engage staff further in that National Workplace Wellbeing Week. That's a good one for us where we run various different activities for staff members. And also, it's great to see Healthy Ireland now with the Healthy Workplace Framework being developed from 2021 to 2025, which has been given us a great steer for the work that we're trying to do and what we're trying to achieve. And then in TU Dublin, we also have very active people development group and employee engagement which offer various different supports and mechanisms across the board. And we also have Spectrum Life, which is 24-7, 365 days of the year, online support, pick up the telephone if you're encountering any trouble. The range counseling there is from counselling to medical counseling. to finance, okay. support, etc. So it's a great service for all staff within TU Dublin. I think one of the advantages we have is that people are engaged. So we get students in and they have signed up for Trinity and we have staff who are bought into the Trinity ideas. And we know settings work. Settings have been around since the 1980s. We're actually three settings. We're a healthy community, healthy workplace and healthy schools. So we are very much using the settings approach. Yeah. You have people who are bought into the idea of Trinity. If you kind of give them the opportunity to contribute. So you're talking about all of the services and programs that you guys have. It's the same in Trinity. We have all of these people who are bought into the idea. They're all working. It can be tricky sometimes if you're in the college health service and you're in Trinity Sport and you're an academic who's teaching uh, physical activity. What we try to do is give people a forum because we're all trying to achieve the same thing. It's amazing, isn't it? Like there's people doing deep research on a topic and somebody literally trying to organize somebody's, you know, football schedule. You know? I know. And what we have is operational academic partnerships. So what happens is the academics and the operational people come together. And the academic people are really interested in what the operational people are doing. And the operational the people, let's say, who person is running, you know, running a, a service is saying, oh, what, what research are you doing? So that works really well that we have academic operational partnership because they're learning from each other. I think that's a bit unique about this setting, like you're, you're the potential to go deep in the research because you have whatever topic or theme they're studying in. You know, there's so many opportunities. And we have curriculum, which is really important as well yeah. to embed in the curriculum, because sometimes it can be hard to get students to engage if they have so many clubs, so many societies. But if you can get into the curriculum, we sometimes set briefs for assignments where students have to oh, come idea, up with yeah. solutions to problems yeah. that we're experiencing. So, for example, we have mechanical really engineers who come up with um, solutions to cycling problems for us. Or we have social marketing students who are developing social marketing we'll campaigns. Really get them to engage. On well, they have to engage yeah, if it's yeah. part of their course. And that's not dreadful. Isn't that's it just is. coercion, it is. isn't it? It is coercion, but like it's very positive. Coercion, but it's just you know? it's just one of the tools that's available to us yeah. given the setting. Yeah. So because we do find we have great collaboration. It completely pulls them into their setting nearly, you know, like. And it gives them a Trinity experience. Yeah, it does, because they have to go and talk to the heads of service for that or they have to go and engage with a campaign that we ran last year or they have to run a campaign or, you know, they have to review policies or whatever. And I suppose that's the great thing about the healthy campus approach as well, is that we actively seek student engagement in the programme as well. So the students union play very much an active role with the welfare officers that they've appointed 
and they play an active role in our working group for the Healthy Campus in TU Dublin. And then we have an internship programme, which is part of the Healthy Campus in TU Dublin as well. And this year we got some end tutor funding for that. So we have two students who will work with me on the Healthy Campus for the next nine months from the final year of the Public Health Nutrition Programme in TU Dublin. So they're actively engaged in their own learning as part of a work-based learning programme. And it's really running that living lab approach that we have to the Healthy Campus that allows them to gain that experience. So for instance, last year they did a blood pressure management programme for staff. So we tested 127 staff. And we found that by putting them on a simple DASH diet, by taking their blood pressure before and after a six week program and taking their waist circumference and height and weight to give the BMI calculations, that we noted a big difference just by simply following a DASH diet, which is really just simple, healthy eating guidelines and reduction in salt, increased fruit and veg, oily fish intake to try and increase that. And the remeasurements then in six weeks time brought about significant changes in blood pressure, 71% with a decrease in systolic blood pressure over that short Mm. six week program. So it was a fantastic program. We also saw increases in the diet nutrition scores and also a drop in waist circumference. So it was a great program to get students engaged with for staff and staff health and well-being as well. So it was a win-win for everybody. And then the students got a conference publication out of it at the end of it as well in terms of furthering their research and the engagement. Very good. Very so good. it was a real success story. It seems to be one of these ones that it literally does work on so many levels. You're bringing an amalgamation of so many different sectors from the setting to kind of bring their brainstorming on the issue and bringing all these ideas. Your role nearly needs to kind of put shape on it or, or turn it into operational actions. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the setting is very, compared to say a hospital where things can be going very well or very badly, Typically, things are going reasonably well. People are looking to the future. They're trying to make things better. So it's a good setting from that respect that people are, you know, moving their lives forward by furthering their education. And so being able to utilize that phase in people's lives works. Yeah, the phase in people's lives. I want to go into that one a bit because I see like your first years that are coming in in 2023. They've been through a weird education process. They're the first leaving cert not to have, you know, either predicted grades or, or, you know, have their syllabus cut down. And now they're in third level and they think, you know, the whole world. Are you like, how do you reflect on that, you know, in terms of the needs of your students? Like, do you think that's a bit of a challenge for the cohort that's coming in now or the cohort that you have? You've second years and third years. Like, do you see different needs coming with the way, you know, that the COVID impact, I guess, is what we're getting at? Our mental health group just took some data on the mental health of our students and like really quite sobering. I mean, it has been a really difficult time for students. So for the first time we've had through the HEA Healthy Campus, we've had funding come down to Trinity and that is needed and welcome because there are huge demands on our services as a result of COVID. So we continue to provide the services that we have, but there is huge demands on our service as a result of that. It's it's appearing as like vulnerability that you need to serve in those students. Absolutely. yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I suppose mental health seems to be a big priority from across the universities. The work that I've seen, mental health and mental well-being and suicide prevention seems to be an ongoing thing that you're supporting and hitting. And I know the um, in 2020, there was Connecting for Life piece. Yes. National Student Mental Health and Wellbeing Suicide Prevention Guidelines. So you have those to work with. And what does that look like on site? Or is it as simple as safe talk and assist training or is there other things going on? No, it's a whole university approach. So okay. it's from the minute they walk in the door. So we have training for, the, like I say, the S2S and we have the sports and the clubs and the societies. And then we have a stepped care model. Our counselling service have a 
stepped care model where people can get online supports. They can get facilitated by counsellors, group chats and silver cloud. And then they can actually get to see counsellors as well. And of course, then they can get psychiatry as well on campus. So there's a whole range of supports for mental health on campus. And I think just to add to that, as part of our ongoing programme on mental health support, we're actually trying to move it forward another step as well in terms of the prevention side of things, in terms of the social prescribing. So we're going to look maybe to our arts programmes that we could maybe prescribe things like maybe it's casual choir, for instance, that they might go along to or some of the clubs and societies. It's the physical activity. Maybe it's prescribing a six week program in the gym for them to try and help them with their mental health approach. So seeing the counsellors is fantastic as well. But we do need those extra supports as well to try and get them back on track. Actually, could I mention Mind Body Boost, which is a really important. I was reading about this on the Higher Education Authority website. Yeah, it's a collaboration between Trinity Sport and Trinity Counselling. And uh, what students do is they do half of the programme is physical activity and half of it is mental health skills for well-being. And so that's a really important programme as well. Are students offered that? Yes, students are offered that. So I think we've had over 127 participate in that and they're offered it twice a year and it's an eight week programme. And so so there's two classes per week and half the classes are for physical activity and half are for counselling or for mental health skills. Great. And the feedback? Oh, God, like really positive. But that's the nature of programmes. Whilst attention is on something, you always get small but significant effects from programmes. And I suppose what we love about the settings approach is that we have thousands of students coming through our programs. So we have a really good handle on programs, we feel. What the settings approach enables is a partnership approach. So we have nine working groups, mental health, physical activity, sexual health, smarter travel, breastfeeding. Health is just really, really broad. And so what we're doing now within the setting is trying to bring all the people who are working all over the university, whether they're academics or whether they're operational staff or whether they're students, because we also have, you know, champions come up all the time. So, for example, we have one mindfulness court, a woman, she's a physiotherapist, but she's been running mindfulness in the college for the last 15 years. So we try to enable champions as well. So the settings approach allows us to do that, to bring all these people. And what strikes me about your podcast is there's such a diversity of people doing such a diversity of things. That's the exact same thing we have in Trinity. We have all these people doing all this action. And so what the whole university approach does is it allows us to bring all of that together. And what we want to do is make sure health is on the agenda and that health gets the profile. The thing about a third level institution is that there's so many priorities. You know, there's education, there's research and everybody's doing a different project and everybody thinks their project is super important and it is super important. But what we're trying to do is bring all the health people together to make sure that health gets the status it deserves because health does deserve status. Yeah, your point there about helping so broad, it's really, you know, absolutely we see it across the podcast series, it's very diverse. But when you think about a college and all the programs and even education is a determinant of health, your employment status or your being employed in the first place is such a fundamental determinant of your health and well-being and obviously your ability to stay in college if you're lucky enough to get that far. That retention, I think that retention in college seems to be a big priority in recent years for all universities, isn't it? In colleges. Yeah, I suppose I did my doctorate on the retention side of things and it was looking at, you know, retaining members of health clubs, actually. But it's not any different to our setting here in education and the higher education sector, because what we found from that study was that it's all about the engagement. So once you have them engaged and once they're engaging, not just for their study, but also for those extracurricular activities, coming in to meet their friends and creating that sense of belonging in the higher education setting that we have in our universities. That is so important in terms of retention and retention then reflects the success of the student as well. Yeah, I also remember one of the lads 
that I was friendly with. He was in our kind of soccer group, if you like, you know, but he joined the Geography Society and the lads were laughing at him. Where are you going during the Geography Society? In third year, like of all time to be joined. And he met his wife there. There you go. And every time I think of that, that clubs and socks concept, I think of your man kind of meeting the wife. Did you get a blazer? You know the way geographers always (laughs) have elbow patches on their their blazers. No, 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 nothing like that. But he he definitely got more than geography out of the Geography (laughs) Society. More than he bargained for. (laughs) Yeah. But that integration piece or finding your tribe mission of yeah. like the students aren't coming, maybe looking at just the education now. They're looking at, you know, the extracurricular and being comfortable in a new setting. Yeah, I'd say they probably think they're coming for the education, do they? <laughs> but they want friendship and they, they want to do. be part of a club. Like I'd love it if they were coming because they wanted a great, rich experience. I worked an open day actually for Trinity when I was oh, in Trinity. Away, I, did yeah. the, I did the open day and, and all these students come across the country up to Trinity and into the square there. And they're definitely not just coming for the education. Okay, right. They want to be there. And it was like, my friends are coming here. I can get so many points. How can I get to Trinity? You know, so there's a bit of a destination. And then the journey after that, you know, I think there's so many different reasons. But it's really a, a formative part of your life from, I suppose, a parent point of view or a staff point of view. You can see there's risky behaviors and loads of different things happening in that, that kind yeah. of formative years. But it's still so exciting. You know, yeah. you have to kind of get into the mess of it. Yeah. And I guess it, like it is such a real time of change for young people at that age, because, you know, some of them are maybe coming up from the country, up to the yeah. city. They're having to live on their own for the first time. They're having to cook for themselves. They're having to clean, wash, etc. without having been told to clean your room. Or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And there are probably risk behaviours associated with the new social setting that they're entering into as well. Alcohol, the substance abuse. So they have to learn how to manage that as well for themselves. And again, some of the programs that we do, like the quit smoking, the quit vaping programs, are there to try and help them through that and maybe try and provide them with good habits from the start. Yeah, I know our sexual health and crisis pregnancy program targets third level institutions, like in particular, because like a lot of those formative years are at risky behaviors. Yeah. We think if we're there with good advice. Yeah. Now, we mentioned sexual health. One of the trending issues have been consent recently, and I know loads of universities have tried to support that messaging across their student body. Has this come up for you as an issue? Yeah, we have been a leader in consent. So we have around a thousand students attend together consent training every year. Our class reps are doing it. It's in our societies. Our ENTS teams are delivering as well. We also do consent plus and first responder, which is the trend where if you see something you don't like, you know, to speak out against that. So, yeah, I mean, consent is very much on the agenda in Trinity. It was a kind of a grassroots movement that then got institutional support and it came from the counselling service in Trinity and TCDSU. So it's really important. I suppose in, in conjunction with that, we also run the same programmes, but it's also the bystander training as well, which is particularly important. And we roll those out during orientation. And we have the SH24 service, which is offered by the HSE. And that's been a great support for the health centres that provide that support. The SH24 is the home STI testing? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's been a big new service development for us that yeah. people can find out more on sexual wellbeing. Yeah. And something that's massive is the HSE Respect Protect. We had them on campus last year. Brilliant. But also the free condoms. Those types of supports for students that are just available yeah, everywhere. Fantastic. And also the programs, it is a time when students are experimenting and trying new things. So to have those, what we'd like them is to be able to breeze past all of the risks, but they unfortunately do. And so what we try to have is supports to catch them when they do. You mentioned there the Respect Protect campaign coming in. Is that a challenge for a campaign 
from the likes of the HSE to come into a setting and get its message out or engage with young people? Is that a challenge? Because we run tobacco-free campus, we have 79% reduction in smoking. And it's it's been great. We did it as a living lab. We published probably about 15 papers under our living lab, but that one actually has living lab in the title. And so we employ four students every year who walk the campus and remind people of the smoking policy. And those students also create our social media for us. And what we find is the HC Respect Protect stuff is really good and we do use it, but we get really high engagement when we have something that is a Trinity student showing something in Trinity. So people on social media are looking for local knowledge, a local experience. So we tend to use the HC Respect Protect stuff on our stories on Instagram, but we have our students who would take people to, oh, here's where the microwaves are to cook your dinner or Here's where you can get the free condoms or have you heard about this? This is where you'll find uh, yeah, this. That makes absolute chapter. sense. A trusted person, yeah. person like me. But it's that idea of <laughs> settings again. Yeah. It's that it's like, oh, I'm connected to Trinity. Yeah. I want to see Trinity images and I want to think that I'm learning something about Trinity. I'm not interested in, let's say, generic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so it's a little tricky. The HC Respect Protect stuff is really good and we do share, but we have to mix it with local stuff that the students come up with. One of our healthy eating programs has found its way into TU Dublin by virtue of the healthy campus work. Yeah, it's fantastic. And we got amazing support. So it's a six week program. It does exactly what it says in the tin. It's healthy food made easy for people. We ran it online during COVID and we had great uptake from staff and from students. And they have a facilitator on board at each session. They get their recipe book in advance, which shows and demonstrates what to do and how to do it. And then the facilitator talks them through it, demos everything. And it's kind of a little bit of a social get together as well for yeah, people. The feedback to date has been that it's educational, but it's very pro-social. Yeah, absolutely. And also it's healthy food made easy on a budget, yeah. which I think appeals to not just students, but everybody these days because of the economic crisis. And um, so I think the fact that it's healthy food made easy on a budget also appeals to people. And then there's also another offering, which is the Baby Food Made Easy program, which is just a short two hour online program, which is also available. And again, that's really good for young parents and um, with young children, etc. So they were two that certainly work very well from a TU Dublin perspective. We work with the HSC on the tobacco control program and it's really brilliant. We get our courses run by the HSC and it's just a really good behaviour change. It's very grounded and really solid. You do group behaviour change? Uh, we do group stop smoking yeah. courses. Yeah, very we've good. had support from the HSC with that. We do a lot of courses. We also do a health eating course, but the way we did it was because I think the health food made easy wasn't available in our area. So our disability service worked with our catering staff I went out to where our students live, our first year students live in Trinity Hall. And the students went away and cooked the meal together. And then they came down and ate it together. And I think that's what you're talking about, the pro-social side of it. Yeah. So they were given a demonstration by members of our catering team. And then they went up into their own apartments and they all cooked together. And then they all came down and ate together. And just it was really positively received. What I find with food is it's a really like there's certain behaviors that are really positive and people love, which is eating and physical activity. And then more difficult ones than are alcohol and drugs. So what I really like about having us all working together is that you're not always the old bore going on about stopping smoking. You can also offer, oh, there's really nice healthy eating stuff. Or have you thought about joining the volleyball club? Because sometimes you're saying don't do that. But then you can also say, but you can do this. And sugar this in is the pill, great. Trying to sugar in the pill, maybe. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And you mentioned vaping and it's, it's a massive concern for the HSC Tobacco Control Program because we can see the kind of growth in use with the younger audience. Yeah. Just this year, we wrote to every school in the country, primary school and national school. And uh, obviously the government is changing the legislation around 
trying to make it illegal for underage, you know, minors to be able to buy some of these because it's, it's, you know. Yeah, it is a massive concern. Absolutely. And I suppose the, the quit smoking program that Martina referred to earlier, it's not just about quit smoking, it's also about the quit vaping. And there's been a huge surge in that, particularly for our target audience that we have incoming first years now. And it's become a real trend now for vaping. And it's not just about their health, but it's also about the disposal of the vape cartridges as well. There's a real huge sustainability issue now arising from that as well. So that's something from a sustainable aspect. Yeah, we're hoping to see some legislation on that as well, because there was a government consultation on disposable, because we're seeing like it's become, you know, ridiculous, these things been left around the place. And one of the things that we're doing in Healthy Trinity is we've got our programmes, we've got our partnership, and then we've got uh, kind of what we're becoming more more political. So we did make a submission on the consultation about vapes from Trinity saying, like, this is very difficult for us. We've spent between 150 to 200,000 euro for over four years on becoming a tobacco-free campus. And now we're going to have to manage the vape problem. So, for example, I had a student approach us and as I understand it, she wanted to recycle vapes to make power packs for refugees fleeing Ukraine or whatever. Now, that's a very difficult thing to say no to, but I resent having to manage the vape industry's waste. And that is, we're really resource poor in Healthy Campus. And then what's happening is that this is being permitted for what I'm not sure. And we're being asked to manage it. That's my personal position on it. I'm frustrated about it. But one of the things we're going to have this year is a consultation on whether we should remove disposable vapes from campus or not. Like it took us six years to become a tobacco free campus because we had lots of negotiations around that. We don't like banning things in Trinity, but we did make a request to the government under that consultation on vaping to get rid of disposable vapes. And then we have to see what we'll do about vaping. In Australia, they've just uh, in May made a decision to make vapes only available under prescription. We would love that because this is the tobacco industry. They're just back again and they're not a bit embarrassed about all the people they've killed. And now they've got a new way of delivering their nicotine. And anyway, I just think that as a university, we have a remit to look to what we permit in our society. You're actively advocating for public health and you can see that we're in a system or in a a state of flux here from tobacco product to the vape and the sometimes dangerous nicotine products that are included there. I think that's very much needed. Can I ask you about the tie-in to climate change? Because in the HSE, we're after producing our own climate strategy and health and wellbeing is a big theme of that. But I can see it as a way of, of you kind of getting the health and wellbeing done as well in the, the healthy campus setting. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, actually, the Healthy Campus in TU Dublin has just been located within the sustainability unit and the sustainability unit was only developed in the last year and a half to two years in TU Dublin. We had the first VP appointed for sustainability in the higher education setting, which is fantastic to see leadership and governance being shown in that area. And we have a very strong team now that's working across sustainability and education, decarbonisation, and also from the healthy campus perspective as well. And the smarter travel is also part of that. So it's a huge programme. We're currently working on the Climate Action Roadmap and the Sustainability Strategy within TU Dublin. And there's a lot of energy going into that currently. So we have lots of actions that we'd like to take forward over the next couple of years in relation to sustainability. And there's strong alignment. 
strong alignment yeah and the green campus is very much part of that as well so we've lots of initiatives around that we're currently looking from an educational perspective of having learning outcomes on all first year programs that have a sustainability attachment to them and we also have sustainability challenges now as part of the orientation for students that they can take up so one of those for example is working on recycling and waste disposal within Bohemians in Dalymount Park. Okay. So that's an exciting project. Another one that we have is the Global Action Plan in Blanchardstown and then the Biodiversity Plan in Time and River in Tala. So these are lots of climate changes or climate challenges, I should say, that students can take an interest in and will be guided by lecturers and their fellow students within TU Dublin to try and help solve some of these problems and come up with sustainable solutions. Great, great, great. And Trinity? Yeah, it was great to hear that that's happening in TU Dublin because it's the same with us. We've just moved into Trinity Sustainability and really happy to say that there's three priorities, biodiversity, climate and health is the third one. So we see great opportunity in the changes that are to come with, obviously we're the same as yourselves, we've strategy in the works and a massive action plan. And just really excited to be in with the Trinity Sustainability because there's so much to be gained from climate action for health. Like if we can get people consuming less, if we can get people moving under their own steam more, all of that will inevitably improve mental health, physical health and social health. I think that's incredibly positive and definitely needed because you've got that research function there as well. You know, you're learning institutions as well as teaching institutions. In terms of hope for the future, like I was saying earlier, I see this is just really taken off now. You know, when I was working in health promotion locally in the Midlands, I saw what it was at Lone Institute of Technology at the time, TUS. At loan, like they were an early leader, and I didn't know Trinity are in, in this, but there was a few kind of leading institutions and some people trying to do work. But it definitely, like, there's energy after coming into the sector. I know there's resource, like, from Healthy Ireland and in the Department of Health working with the Higher Education Authority making this real. But it's certainly the key moment, I think, in the next couple of years. How do you see, or how do you hope to see things roll out over the next couple of years? You mentioned resources, and yeah. resources, it's, it's always a big ticket item for all of us particularly with the Healthy Campus. So again, it would be fantastic. We got some seed funding through the HEA last year. It would be lovely to see that on an annual basis coming through for all the higher education institutes who sign up to the Healthy Campus. It would be fantastic to see a common wellness, well-being module developed and that it would become mandatory on the curriculum for all third level institutes and universities that will be delivered across the board to all incoming first year students and also for staff as well. So that would be my uh, dream. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, let's dream. And yourself? Uh, yeah, we're delighted that uh, the HEA is now looking after Healthy Campus. It's fabulous to have a network. What we feel is we've got loads of really good programs. Students are well supported when they get in. We also feel that we've got good partnership now. We've over 100 partners in a you know, population of uh, 24,000. We've about 100 partners all actively working to try and improve health on campus. They're, those are just the ones in the health campus. Obviously, we have an entire faculty of health science and we have all of our services. But I suppose there was a paper published on the commercial determinants of health by The Lancet. And Biddy O'Neill was talking about the last 30 years. She's been working in health promotion for 30 years. In the last 30 years that we've had all of this happening, we have seen all of the indices for health, mental health, obesity. They're all in decline. And the commercial determinant of health is the number one determinant of health. And we feel it's not being addressed now. So we would love to start working and figuring out what a universities can do to address the commercial determinants of health. That's what we're 
Okay, great, great. So what's this space? There's <laughs> just so many areas of your work. It's just so varied. And I'd like to thank both of you for coming in here today. You really give us a practical insight as well as theoretical insight into um, <laughs> the work going on in your institutions. It's been really interesting talking to you and thank you again for your time. I'd like to thank you for listening to another episode of HSE Talking Health and Wellbeing.